0: CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Let's How are we? Good morning. It's not the morning. It is the evening.
2: <laughs> Pre-vening? No, good evening?
1: No, not evening. No, no. It's 6 p.m.
2: It's 6 p.m. Yeah. I don't know I,
1: why you're saying good morning.
2: It's good. You ever know the Alfred Hitchcock, the good evening? <laughs> Sorry? Alfred Hitchcock Good Evening. No. Or like he says Good Evening.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. What?
2: British filmmaker Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Yeah, I, I know who he is, but yeah, I don't yeah. know this okay. Good Evening thing.
2: I'll send it soon. Okay.
1: Good. All right. Yes. There was a video you were supposed to show us after the last show that you never did. too. <laughs> I actually could not find it.
2: <laughs> I did my best. I don't even
0: remember what video was it.
2: About um, it was like um, like from a British comedy about. How you shouldn't say we When you're oh, talking about yeah, the sports yeah.
0: team Yes, yes
1: I Am very nervous Guys Reason I don't know so. if you can Hear it, but I can um, The Bell Center Crowd outside is They've been lining up all day I, it, We're not even We're hours from game time and the crowd is bigger Than it was outside for game four Against the Jets
0: they are quote well they're not allowed to i guess cuz you're not allowed to do it here but tailgating in a way
1: basically yeah, minus the you know barbecues and, and trucks outside the parking lot they should if really they were do that if there were par- if the bell center was one of those arenas by themselves surrounded by parking lots probably but it's a bit difficult to do that I when know. it's but they are doing close as possible <laughs> and, you know different. the restaurants around probably help but
0: yeah exactly
1: i I don't know. I've been nervous since midnight. I I was up at midnight and I just kind of, I was up because it was, it's my buddy Owen's birthday today. So I wanted to Owen be power. the first one, happy not birthday. Owen Power, Owen set no. And um, I wanted to be the first one to wish him a happy birthday. And then like, there was just this weird thing after I said the text and I just kind of, it just kind of hit me like, oh crap, it's game day. They have uh, the, the Montreal Canadians in Starting in just under two hours, oh no, but it's probably a bit more than that because there's no such thing as an accurate puck drop time in hockey. Tonight, have the chance to move on to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1993. The first Canadian, the Habs have a chance at making it to the Stanley Cup Final with a win tonight for the first time since 1993. It'd be the first Canadian team since 2011 to do it. We all remember how that ended, and uh, that's coincidentally the last time the Habs uh, won the Cup was '93, and of course the last time a Canadian team won the Cup. Even though we never, like, hockey media never shuts up about that, everyone probably knew that. But um,
0: really, I, I, I have,
1: I have, I don't know what to say. Like in the preview for this game, um, so we might as well rewind a bit. We'll talk about Game Five by the time this is up immediately be out of date. However, yeah. um,
2: we'll have I, fun being out of date.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that was a fun game for Montreal looking back game five. They were the better team. They won. Vegas were never ever really in it. Um, and their forwards continue to be a bit of a question mark first so we can talk about uh, he wasn't amazing. He wasn't the exact reason they lost, but Marc-Andre Fleury got the start in game five. I was expecting Robin Leonard. No, but you guys Um he looked a little shaky though to start. I thought like he, he went to go play the puck when Josh Anderson was on the ice in the first. I'm like, you are gonna do that? You are gonna be brave? He just looked a bit shaky. I know he wasn't ready for the game. I thought.
0: I, I mean, I, last episode, I thought it, I said I thought it was weird that he they did go to Leonard, but mm-hmm. I, I think after watching Leonard and then watching Flurry's first game back. With 2020 hindsight, obviously, I I would have I would have stuck with Leonard because I thought Leonard had such a not that he was the reason they won per se, but I thought he had such a impressive game compared to the last time he played in the playoffs. And you know, him not playing for such a long stretch of time and to have that performance. I think once he gets into the grooves groove of things that's when you're going to see the best Robin Leonard because that's how goalies are.
1: Letter made a lot of what we would call the timely saves, I think, when he started Game 4. Yes.
2: What I kind of feel is, I don't know, like I, I just don't understand Pete DeBoer sometimes when he goes to this whole thing where he wants to give both goalies a chance, but it's weird. It's like you're giving them the chance where it matters the most in a way where it's like you keep going back and forth to things. I, I kind of agree that the way Vegas played with Robert Leonard in there, they they didn't really deserve to win. To be honest, their forwards yeah. again were not playing um, as they were expected, and I, I would have rode with that. Even though I love Flurry, I would have gone with Robert Leonard again. Not 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 because I predicted what was going to happen, but also it's just. You know, it's such a short time frame where it's like if you had the momentum going already, why would you want to go back and forth again? Why would you want to kind of start that again? I again, like I, I don't know what this this is gonna mean to be honest, because I saw Robin Leonard being in the starting net during practice, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but again, it's just it's something that if you're gonna go with one guy, just keep going with the one guy especially when you'd made that decision already to go with someone that did get a win for you.
1: You're automatically just ripping, you know, goaltenders like going, like they want the net. They play like yo-yoing a guy. It's not a good idea, especially with goaltenders. I don't like the idea with it. I I think it is the right decision that all signs are the point to Leonard being in that tonight. Um, The the thing is in, in this series is, both teams expect to have the better goaltender. And I think the moment Fleury sort of looked as shaky as he did, I want to say game three it was. Yeah, because it was the opposite of the game Four. better team lost in, in both occasions, though. Um, weird, DeBoer. It From everything I understand, that was very much that move was in, in his character, in his coaching style. If this is some sort of way to kick up, he's quoted that it's Fleury's rest in that. Um In the middle of a series, though, uh, I I feel like that's more trying to send a message, like almost playing with the goalie. And if there's a position I would not mess with, it is your goaltender.
0: And and don't they say to, number one, ride the hot hand, and then number two, that not necessarily, I guess in this case it wasn't, but like this next game could be your last of the season. Mm -hmm. And we've had that discussion for how many teams for multiple players. Um, So for him to go back to flurry or like just, it it was weird to me. It was weird.
1: I don't want to criticize the Vegas forwards because I know if I do too much, they're going to be unleashed tonight because that's just the way it works. However,
0: no, I was going to say it did work with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, five points from their defense the next we, night.
1: We, we will get to that. We? we will get to that. Uh, however, I thought it was very uncharacteristic of Mark Stone to um, act the way he did last game, and that is when he turned over the eventual Cole Caulfield goal. Uh, he went onto the bench. He he slammed the door of the bench shut, uh, making a, like we all know Mark Stone is a very animated player, um, and so I think it's something we all like about the guy. Besides that, his amazing two way play. I don't know what it is with those group of players. Like Marcia, so I don't think I've heard William Carlson's name once this entire series, and it feels like people are making a lot of comparisons to the Dallas series already.
2: Yeah, what I what I found with Mark Stone is when he had that turnover, he knew it. Like, did you? I remember when they used the um, they used the behind the goalie, uh, Cam. Mm -hmm. And then when the breakout happened, you just saw Mark Stone just kind of like just stop and look as the goal happened. That it's just like, you know, like just that giving up kind of like stance he had there, which was really surprising to me because, again, like you didn't say, you said he's not an animated guy. He's someone that kind of keeps those emotions in place. But I really feel like things are kind of building up. And I guess someone that is not a Habs fan, Per se, but I'm a half fan right now for you, Adam, at a certain extent. Um, yeah, it's just like, again, like what what's going on with these forwards? And it's it's a weird thing to me because when we look back on 2018, and their first line is essentially their second line now from that team. Mm-hmm. So, I again, like they have the experience of making this run. Is really no excuse for no production from that line, and then you have that much improved line of that of their first one now, and I'm not seeing much out of it. I know Chandler Stevenson is uh, is not 100, percent but
1: now there's half of Montreal, so people should shut yeah. up about Vegas being hurt. Uh, people really need to stop doing. Again,
0: that. yeah, but That's like a playoff thing though. You Stone and Patch It's exactly. like they're they're <laughs> there. They're yeah.
1: Patch scored. Yeah, he yeah. did. I was terrified when he did. By the way, <laughs> um, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not dunking on you here, Daniel. I said no that problem. Stone was animated because i I mean is like he doesn't smash his stick like a jamie ben does but his facial expressions are Mm -hmm. like he's not henrik lundquist crap body language but he's mark stone like ah i was so close but in the playoffs you kind of have to set that aside um and their post game after game four or two or team five sorry god what, what was the last game no when we recorded last it was after game four wasn't it feels like forever ago. Uh, Alex yeah. Petrangelo has been the most impressive Vegas Golden, Maybe the most impressive player in this series. And he, he's getting a little frustrated too, because he is just carrying the workload, him and that entire defense.
0: He, he's been their best player mm-hmm. for, I'd say most of the playoffs.
1: Moment it started when it's just
0: like he, was, he sorry, go, go no, ahead. No, no, I was, I, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna point out, um, you know, we, we, not that he disappeared per se but i think when he that during the regular season you didn't hear much about alex petrangelo and and it might have been concerning to some people considering the contract he's just signed but the reason they brought him in <clears throat> other than like if you take him out of the lineup and let's say you put back nate schmidt this team is still a playoff team This team is probably still getting to the second round and it's going to be an intense battle against Colorado against whoever, but you brought in Alex Petrangelo for the, the next step. So these like you brought in stone, you brought in patch and now you brought in Petrangelo and Robin Leonard. Like, let's not forget that as well. Like you set this team up and now you're forwards again, aren't coming through. And it's just even uh, yep. like uh, as an outsider, it's frustrating to watch.
1: And to cover the knock on wood here, they could always show up that those group of players, they, they have the mm-hmm. potential. I am not going to ask for a prediction. I, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm an extremely superstitious person. I have been, I always put my hair to the right. Um, I, I've had a shower every time since the playoffs have started. When something goes wrong, I've adjusted it um i am like i can't i can't i'm not gonna put this into the air mm-hmm. okay. I, I, hear, I can't
2: i hear alex is only a little stitious though well, a,
1: little just, okay, a little bit just a little stitious uh all right anything else we need to mention from the hab series i don't think actually one more thing and we will say here the officiating was not terrible because it was Furlat and kelly sutherland however mm. Like, early in the game, there was, that, there was the, the, the cross-check that Paul Byron did that was a, a call, and you're like, okay, that's true. a penalty. And I was talking to Baldwin, and what Baldwin's like, as long as we're doing that for both sides. I was like, okay, right. fair enough. And then it felt like – and I think there were more calls missed on Montreal's end, honestly. But then again, like that third period, I thought everything was a penalty the way I was feeling in that game, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, it There were still throughout the game some inconsistencies, but I don't think it was as bad as Tampa and the Islanders. That's the transition because um in game six, Nikita Kucherov was cross-checked. It didn't look too it didn't look disastrous at first, but he didn't come back to the game. Uh we'll get into the specifics of it in a bit of game five in a second here. But there was no penalty on the play. Apparently, what what the official said to Tampa Bay were the cross-check wasn't malicious because apparently accidental calls aren't penalties in this league anymore. And guess who the referee was? It was Chris Lee, who has been kicked off the Hap series, going to the Islanders in Tampa, and the officiating has been god-awful again.
0: Uh, uh, this is brutal. Like, I I don't know any other way to describe it other than this is just brutal. You're moving
2: away. You're moving the problem around.
1: It's like uh, what's yeah. the thing? Swapping deck chairs?
0: Like honestly, like that. This is what's happening, and and now, what? Like I don't know. Like how many times have we talked about? refereeing and department of player safety. And like, I'm just repeating myself at this point when there is such a discrepancy between the fans and the referees and the players, it's like, what are we doing here? What, what, like the discussions we're having, I, I we shouldn't be. I think that's that simple.
1: Guys. um, I accidentally burnt down a building, but I'm technically not guilty of anything because I didn't mean to do it. Like, what garbage excuse for not making a call. Again, Kucherov never came back to that game. And Tampa ends up losing that, and and the Islanders force a game seven. Um, good part of that game was it was a real character win in the same way for the Islanders, who were up 2 nothing in that. Sorry, they were down 2 nothing in the game itself. However... Uh, a big game for Matt Barzell, I thought. After was called up by called out by Barry Trotz after Game Five and the cross check that I don't think should have been a fine, honestly, because it was. I think Ruta, I think Ruta purposely took a little while to stand back. Uh, it was a penalty, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that was a fine. Um, you guys have a thought first on how the Islanders rebounded after they were just humiliated eight nothing in Game Five, and in front of their home their home fans in Nassau. They're looking to come back there in the cup final. They forced a game seven against the reigning defending Stanley cup champions.
2: Um, those were bad goals. Andre Vasilevsky let in.
1: Um, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, the first
2: one was pretty skilled, but the Scott Mayfield one, it just, I don't know. He's a big goalie. He yeah. should have used his size in that situation. And I don't know why he, he made himself smaller to like, I don't know what he was going for with that one. Like it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dissing Scott Mayfield that's offensively, deal, right? but it's, you know, it's, he's, he's not Ryan Pulak on that. He's not a Nick Letty on that team. Like I, that's a shot you should post to stop. And he's, he, he had a, he had a clear view of that one.
1: I think I remember Gary Galley saying on the broadcast and he's, he says a lot of stuff. I was going to say. Uh, But he said, like, you know, Vasilevsky is a a tall goalie with long legs. I'm like, well, first off, that's most goalies. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, but uh, it was a a good point retrospectively. It's like, dude, you got to cover the damn net. Uh, You know, I, I thought first off a pretty sick pass from Barzella. Like, I thought that was a pretty nice play. The Eberle one. I don't know because that was a pretty. It was a wicked backhander, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I added "wicked" on that. You just said it was a pretty nice backhander. But Team K, the savior, Jordan Eberle. What about that? Like there was that really weird stretch, and it feels like it happens every time Chris Lee sort of has a game where it's like there's nothing called for like the first two periods, and then all of a sudden there's a flurry of penalties, and it felt like every time a Tampa Bay defenseman had their stick out, they were tripping someone. I think it was that wicked – why did you say wicked? There was a really bad five-on-three power play for the Islanders where it's like, hey, there, we're going to keep taking one-timers and point shots and have no one in front of the net, which was a bold strategy. I'll tell you, I watched a lot of those power plays all year with Montreal. They don't work. <laughs> and it did not work for the Islanders.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, they, they still they, won, though, right?
1: They did. They right, did. I guess that's they, the important thing. They haven't scored a power play at Golo at Home in forever, apparently, which is very strange. That's surprising. Can, you, can you hear anything from my background, by the way? No. Okay. Because here's what really funny. I have headphones on right now, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can, I can hear the crowd.
0: <laughs> there's quite a bit of people. There's quite They're a Scaling few people the building, outside. Adam. I, I did see, uh, I saw a picture on um, Instagram, on oh, yeah. Twitter. Sorry. What's the, uh, what's the slogan?
2: Go Habs Go? go
0: which Habs slogan? Go.
2: I don't know. Like, I was thinking, like, there's going to be, like, a slogan. Like, you know. You know, every time, like, you know, at Jurassic Park, there was Northern Uprising with the North. Um, Celine Dion, everyone thought she was a traitor. I thought it. <laughs>
1: so did I, man. I, I saw that picture. Of, like, how... Here's what's really funny. One of the corners of the Bell Center, when they intersect, one on one corner is Carey Price, and on the other is Celine Dion. Like, she's like the pride and joy of Quebec. Like...
2: Yeah, we're going to take someone from Vegas the the killers the what the the band the killers
1: i like the blue men i think they're fun the blue, i don't okay, really, we're, taking,
2: we're taking the blue men group
1: did you watch the by Man the way group. the who are the did you guys by the way catch any of the have you watched any of um vegas's pregame ceremony sorry islanders but we'll have a good deep into into game 7 of them in Tampa bay um have you caught any of the pregame stuff? For I've seen anything? some of
2: it, not a whole lot. Yeah, not not it's still theatrical.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I found a video, my mom found the video. I'll just take credit for it though. Um, it was it was their thing against the Habs, right? And it's so freaking cheesy. It's like back in the original days, there were six original teams. And it's like, ah, the Rangers, Detroit, Chicago, Boston, Toronto, the Habs. And then there were also the Golden Knights. And you're just like, wait a minute here. And the Habs banished them. I'm like, what is this? This is not historically correct.
0: You know what it's like? Um, Yeah, this is, uh, it's like, you know, (laughs) you know the scene at the end of episode nine where Ray says, She's Rey Skywalker. It. It's it's I'm like it. that. It, <laughs> what? It's, Yellow lightsaber? It's like oh, that. Stop it. No. Sorry. Okay. No. That's it what it's like. You're ruined. Like, no, don't do it. It's cheesy. I, it, it fits it, Vegas because it's Vegas and everything's 10 times grander and, spe- and spectac- oh, spectacle yeah. in Vegas. But nah, not that.
2: i mentioned I, this joke before with you guys with the Star Wars one where um, I think people are doing like a meme with it. It's like Rey
0: ray who and then she says ray star wars <laughs> or, the, or where she says it and then and then dwight pops up and it's like identity theft is not a joke
1: <laughs> that's the best one i can't stand watching Vegas stuff i i really i it's it, like it's vegas I, i'm not dissing it as a game thing i think it's hilarious uh it's the identity of your franchise but yeah. i just think it's like Like if you go to a game in Montreal, they're chant carry, they're cheer loud, and they might taunt your goalie, and that's it. It's simple and it's loud in Montreal. And Vegas is just this. It's awful. I think
2: think Vegas is it's like it's like a play on it because they know how cheesy it is. But at the same time, I applaud them for making these random narratives. Because for a while there, like we only saw them bring up celebrities. Like I remember Gene Simmons always doing like the Pump up
0: speech for them. They he still are bringing him. celebrities. Gene yes, like,
1: Simmons uh, was there earlier in the series yeah. Wasn't
0: Usher? Isn't Usher there or something? Yeah, yeah and, there. and they lost. Yeah, so don't bring Usher back.
1: Forget <laughs> no. Usher. Who likes Usher? Uh, did you? I don't know. Did you guys see the video by the way of Carrie Price wooing?
0: Yes. Yeah, I saw that.
1: I have never seen that once in my life. That was an that was an eclipse. So you're never gonna see that again.
0: Just because of that, they got to bring in Ric Flair. Yes,
1: I don't want him anywhere near this team.
0: <laughs> no, I, just in the crowd. Just in the I, crowd. I just, gotta I, dub it over. Dub it over. Yeah.
1: <laughs> woo! The woo
2: line, like the Hbk line. <laughs>
1: you they, know, they no, no. We have the washing machine line: full load, full cycle, delicate <laughs> that's, dry, that's, all that kind of that's stuff. That's so good. Anyway, um, game seven predictions for the Islanders yeah. and Tampa Bay.
2: I
0: I'm still going with Tampa Bay. Like Tampa, were, yeah, three
2: yeah. two in overtime. Who gets the game winner? Um, Barclay Goudreau.
0: Oh no no, that's gonna now. that 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 narrative is if that narrative gets shoved down my throat, that oh you know these guys won the, the series. I am going to flip and lose it.
1: Now remind me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. But
1: did Barclay Goudreau not score the overtime game seven goal for San Jose against Vegas? Yes, he did. Because it was like his first shift of overtime and it was off a wicked Eric Carlson feed. Yeah. 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 Those. I remember Couture was on the ice for like the whole time and then it was like last minute here's Barclay Goudreau.
2: Get out of here. <laughs> some, some say that justified him being traded for a first.
1: No. I mean, they won the cup. I yeah, <laughs> know, yeah. As in uh, Tampa, when they got them, but uh,
0: before before we move on from the series, there was something from Game Five that I've I've read and I've heard quite a bit. I don't know if this is just a media narrative, like they're driving it down, but they keep talking about how once Tampa was up in like the third period, the the Lightning had a power play. And they threw out their first power play unit and they're making it out to be this big deal. Like, I don't know about you guys. I don't see that as that big of a deal. So
1: I'll tell you why I I do think it is. Um, Because we never, because apparently it was a response to, I can't remember who threw the hit. It was one of the Islanders, and they had laid out one of Tampa's players. And it was Cooper after that saying, okay, so I don't have a problem with it. However, I think it's a big deal because you like never, ever see it. Remember yeah, when that's Montreal what I mean. got called out by Elaine Vigneault and yes. Kirk Muller was like, we don't have practice time. But what Tampa did and what John Cooper did, which I thought was a gangster move, was like, you want to play that game? All right, I'm going to run up the
0: score. So yeah, like I, I meant as in it was seen as a bad thing. Like the media, they keep talking about it and everyone's in agreement that no one really cares. Yeah, was that- Don
1: Cherry back? Like I'm like
0: everyone's in agreement that they they're fine with what they did, but they keep talking about it. So like, like let's, let's move past it. What like, did Anthony Stewart say? Oh, they've run out I, of goals. Yeah. Uh, how? 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 Great like, score scores
1: nine straight power. How, what
0: was what was the score against Germany? Uh, oh, Canada and Germany. Like it's like 15-1. Okay, they still made the finals. Okay. They, they found the goals. Yeah, they yeah, lost, they, but they, they still made them. it to they've yeah. made it to the final.
2: It's too early to say that guys, so like, sorry. I'm not over it yet.
1: It's not like they were shoving their man, Caulfield and Z were We're big fans of that. Big, big fans of that. All right. Crap. Okay, that's a okay. Wow, we got through that really quickly. Okay. Award stuff. Luis Amarelo again is GM of the year, despite the I'm mad about this. So Mark Bergevin apparently got the most first place votes,
2: but by he two, lost out. Right?
1: I think it was by one. He had one, one more first wow. place vote. I'm not saying that Mark Bergevin was screwed, but I think Mark Bergevin was screwed. You know even know though it's award. I
0: was gonna say, do you know who's yeah. more screwed than both of them?
1: Was it Breezeball's sixth?
2: Yeah, he was.
0: That's that's a, that's. A, Kyle Dubis was not fourth, <laughs> right? I don't even care where Kyle Dubis was. I can't, I'm more concerned that Julian Breesba wasn't even a finalist.
2: You know what was criminal about this? What? Bill Guerin was seventh.
0: Oh my God! Come on, <laughs> <laughs>
1: ladies and gentlemen. The edit, who votes for it? Is it, it's a collection of like media and thinking, right?
0: hmm Collection that's... of people who don't care.
2: You know what we're going to do when we could vote? We're going to be a voting block.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Something, Lou, I mean, he probably shouldn't have done it. Like, I don't think he was GM of the year. But then again, like, if they win the cup, then, like, who cares? I mean, we're going to forget about this by the end of the summer.
2: Question What do you think, since he won, his best move of the year?
1: Say uh, the Sajak Palmieri deal. Yeah. No, Literally,
0: what, uh, <laughs> what else? Like, he <laughs> what else resigned Pulock and Matt Marzell, which was great, by the way. Like, uh, but uh, he didn't really do. He didn't do much else. Okay, here's what I'll say about Lou Lamarillo because I don't know how much time you want to spend on it. I want to be the salty Leafs fan because I honestly don't care where Lou is like at the moment. Um, but I think a lot of people give him a lot of credit. And don't give enough credit to Barry trots. Like they are extremely successful for the most part because the players are buying in to Barry Trotz's system. Mm-hmm. Who's great and all like I, he, the way he sets up the team in terms of culture and the rules and stuff like that is, is fine. There's some things I disagree with, whatever, but a lot of the, a lot of what's going on is the way Barry trots plays, uh, System impacts the team and how those guys are buying, completely buying into it. Mm -hmm.
1: It was literally the Islanders used to leak goals, and then Barry came in, and it's like, all right, you're just not going to get any shots on us. And then now here they are of like conference final wins, back to back years, and they've like obviously like you give him credit because you can already hear the people saying he hired Barry Trot. Yeah, he did, but. Barry then goes from there it is it is the start of that chain um and you know I again I think we talked about it like Barry Trots not being and not winning the Jack Adams this year it was purely about the fact of we now know how good the Islanders are right. and if you want to even more doubt Barry Trotz just look at the Capitals since he left they haven't won a series they're lost, a
2: disaster lost a bit of discipline there too with
1: what, their the pool Capitals? parties yeah, <laughs> alleged <laughs> pull parties, Daniel. Alleged pull parties. Yeah, that and like they just, just old now. They're Really old. However,
2: they have Elias M. Sign off.
1: Yeah, who lost them big game?
2: <laughs> and um, I mean they're pretty good. Like, well, no, who do they have? They have Connor McMichael. Have.
0: Yeah, got they really do. Quiet there.
2: It got real quiet. Yeah, I don't know why get quiet there. That guy has an amazing name. McMichael. Michael McConnor.
1: I hate betting odds. By David McConnor. Guys, Vegas yeah. are the favorites to win tonight, apparently. And the favorite to score first.
2: Yeah, but look at all our polls on Instagram. What did they Man,
1: say? Montreal had a less than twenty percent chance of this thing, and they can clinch tonight. Like like Get out of here with betting odds. Ruining, like, it grows the sports good money, but betting odds ruin the sport for me. I Every time I see them, I get out. Justin Bourne, by the way, was on Tim and Friends, and he just, I don't know what, he was just, he looked so animated. I love Justin Bourne, by the way. What a great guy. Yes. Son okay.
2: of Jason? I don't ja- think so. No,
1: no, no.
0: Jason Bourne.
1: Son of Clark Gillies?
0: No. Not Son that. of Bob Bourne.
1: Yeah, but good old Bob board. I have never heard. <laughs> <laughs> what? Big <laughs> Daniel saw it too. Yeah.
0: Oh, what happened?
1: For those of you um, who are not watching the YouTube feed, and you should, my mother very calmly and very quietly tried to duck out of the fridge.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she was just, no, we trying to go onto the patio
0: <laughs> i didn't even see her.
1: <laughs> oh um, um where were we
0: on lou
2: bob uh, Bourne.
1: bob Bourne, yeah no one knew who bob born was until justin born came into our lives where were we uh now i mean um seattle they did something they hired their, their head coach, the first one in franchise history. Now, what's interesting is last show, we were like, when Friedman reported there were all the names and there was a mystery name, and it was either right after or before that segment, he mentioned that the lease were having their assistants interviewed. Didn't mention any teams, and we criticized. We're like, come on, Elliot, do your job better. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, no, we didn't really, but come on.
2: We love you, Elliot.
1: And then what do you know, one of the lease assistants <clears> – <throat> Dave Haxtall gets hired as the first coach in Seattle Kraken history. It was not Rick Tockett, who I thought everyone sort of at the end thought it was. It was not Tony Granado. It was not Gerard Gallant, Because he got hired, obviously. I know. It was not Joe Sacco. Forgot. It was not Joe Sacco. It was it was Haxtall. I don't think any of us saw this coming. It's it's a bold move. And you know what? I think back to it didn't go great in Philly. They went oh. to Toronto probably learned some lessons there and he'll be able to, to bring that forward to a nice young group. And, you know, I wonder if you look back and I don't know exactly if heck, I think Hextall would have hired Hextall and we all I know how, so. how patient Ron Hextall was. Yeah. And that's what got him fired. Even though looking back at how the flyers are, maybe it would have been a better idea to sort of be a bit more patient, with that ownership group Um, and maybe like, restarting this team and seeing where they are. If they decide to go, the rebuilding young route. This could be a really good hire.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think, sorry. I, I think it could, it could work out. I think those years in Philly obviously didn't go as planned, but we've seen it before guys spend a few years as assistants. And then, take back head coaching jobs. I mean, like look at DJ Smith. Yes. He was an NHL head coach before per se, but he spent, uh, I want to say two years with the Leafs and then he's the head coach of the Ottawa senators. And look at the back end of that year. They looked a lot of this year. They looked quite good. Like sometimes you just patience, right? you you said it sometimes you just got to be patient. Mm-hmm
2: yeah I agree that you know taking the assistant job with the Leafs was in a way a step back for him but for him to stay in the loop of things because he really did focus on what he needed to and he really helped the Leafs with I guess this not rebranding per se but these improvements that they had throughout the season and it was really evident with especially the guys they got there especially on the defensive core and I think he he he, need he he, he wanted another shot to things. And I think that Seattle more. So what you said, Adam about the fact that they might take that rebuilding route or that really slow, gradual route is going to work a lot better for him because I think he really had a tough situation in Philly because, and again, this is the narrative we have of the fires every year is that they're under pressure to try and win it, especially with their aging core, especially with the out of money they have committed to these guys that, that that was something that, again, it's like Vegas. It's like the short. It was like a short le- leash, leash. Sorry, with things that now with Seattle, he could have the time to implement his game. He could time to implement what he wants for the players he's going to get. And I think that he is set up a lot better now than Philly for success.
1: Fair enough. I I can't believe it was so quiet though. Yeah, I didn't know it all. Like the, that was the mystery name. It does
0: does it, I mean, it's surprising, but it's not surprising because nothing comes out of, there's certain organizations in the league that nothing comes out of and the Leafs seem to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, I get that this name, that Dave Axel's name kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Well, that's, I'm pretty happy. When I see former players come back to their teams in some capacity, um, it is kind of funny though when they leave. And I don't think there's been a team that has had more guys come and go of their alumni than the Ottawa Senators. Um, I
2: thought you, this was going somewhere else.
1: Uh, I know you thought I was gonna uh, talk about the Sedines, didn't you?
2: Yeah, you got me.
1: We were gonna get got me with this
2: mystery content.
1: you? Did you? By the way. Um, in a second, I'm gonna watch You know the, the Habs, the, the 2,500, 75,000 guy? We had the periods on Tim and Sid. I'm going to watch that afterwards. So this is from uh, Ian Mendez. Like Sean Reynolds is talking like what? Um, So for this is Ian Mendez on Twitter over the past few days, there have been rumblings in the charitable sector of in Ottawa that changes were afoot with the senators community foundation. Chris Phillips has confirmed to me that he submitted his resignation from the club. He declined to comment further Then Elliot Friedman. Had a little quote tweet about it. Got a E as we call him. A bit more on this. Last uh, week, Ottawa let go of Brad Weir, hired in September 2020 as a senior director of the Ottawa Community Foundation. It is believed Phillips resigned due to that move. Uh, there's been some word about cost cutting measures coming into play. Um, and again, Phillips himself hasn't said anything official yet, but it doesn't look good when in the span of two years – you lose another cut ties. It seems to be with another charitable organization. And the Sens were doing so well.
0: It's not even any, just a, some charitable organization. It's you your charitable organization. How do you let this happen? Like, I can't see, I, I can't think of another team, like other than the Arizona Coyotes, but I think that's, there's, that's a lot more internal than it is external this is like this has to be the worst external stuff ever like first you can't even get like an arena deal and like this is four years ago now but like it, it this started with that like the arena deal then you can't pay eric carlson like my god like this is just what am I what else am I supposed to say? Like this is just embarrassing at this point. If like for for the senators and like I don't blame PR Dorian, I don't play D I don't blame DJ Smith. I don't blame the players. Like this is be above these guys, and it's just embarrassing.
2: It's 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 a big PR hit for sure. Chris Phillips is so loved by the team and it just reminiscent now of what happened with Daniel Alfredson when he um, decided to just get up and leave the team. And again, like for a team that, I don't know, there's so much turmoil there. It's just like one by one, you see these these moves alienating a lot of really what like their core fan base kind of relies on where you're going to look back on, I guess, you know, the sense when they were atop of the Eastern Conference when they had Spezza, they had uh, Alfredson, they had Chris Phillips, they had Wade reddin and they had Zidane Chara, so like and so on, hosa And to kind of strip that away, you know, in, in, in like in what you said, the charity uh sector of this, it's just it's it's like a gut punch in a way. It's just like let's let's cause controversy in a place where there shouldn't be controversy. This is like this is not the extent. Of, it, it, it reminds me of like a Scott Tots kind of thing, where it's like we, we are we are helping the, uh, the community with this, but not really. Did you guys see
1: by the way that Tuck maybe scratched tonight for Ryan Reeves? Oh come on! I was seeing that, and I'm like, please let that happen. Oh anyway. my God, that's
0: brutal! Like that's that that will a- get you going almost, That's almost that's the closest thing to a fireball fence. Like, come on. Ryan Imagine. Reeves for Alex Tuck. All right. Uh, last thing here. the two last
1: things. Um, the Sadines are officially hired as special advisors to the GM, to Jim Benning. Good old, good old Jim. Uh, he said, we don't take this lightly. We didn't want to just come in because of our names. They're eager to learn. They want them to be treated as rookies or coming in as rookies. I wonder if this is a sort of... I think you kind of saw this with with Roberto Lalonga when he's been doing in the international stuff for Team Canada. If it's the sort of introductory course for... Two things. First off, uh, it feels like a lot of this is going to be towards player relations with the Sedins, and who better than... I don't think anyone's ever said a bad thing about the Sedin brothers. I mean, even in in BX's speech on their retirement, even he barely... I think the worst thing he said about them was they like chocolate. There is no better pair of people to bring in to kind of bridge that gap, but also a, a window for the Sadians to come back into the hockey world.
2: I think you're perfect for them. Like they, they're eager. It's like what they said, they want to learn. They want to get more acquainted with another aspect of the hockey world. But another thing too, is if we're going to go from one bad PR move of the Ottawa senators, I think this is a perfect one for the Vancouver Canucks where we, we always talked about Jim Benning that, That really dominated a lot of the things. And then to bring back two core favorite guys who are willing to work with him, that is just a perfect thing to boost the image again of the franchise. So a great move for them.
0: When I first saw the announcement, my first thought was, I can can totally imagine the two of them being like the first co-general managers. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh managers like from the office since we're throwing off office references out there, but like it actually works.
2: Yeah, I like I like that. Are they assistant to the general manager right now?
0: I I mean, I guess so. I'm not entirely sure what uh special advisor to the general manager. Mm-hmm. Means, Sorry, just but- the,
2: the the references like, I think <laughs> I just see Alex's shirt and like the references are all oh, coming yeah. out. So wearing a Dunder Mifflin shirt. Yeah. Exactly. By the
1: way, um, he was apparently DeBoer and said, "Never mind, Tuck's fine." But oh, they had God. they had Reeves skating with them, like in his spot on the third oh. line. Why did they ruin my fun like that? How dare you! Uh, final piece of business: ESPN picks up another former Oiler with next to no personality. This time, Mark Messier, who just hates. Why don't you lift the cookie over your head, Mark? Come on. <laughs> Takes the time to go do his commercials with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ice T. Oh.
2: I still love his Lay's commercials. I remember Someone when I watched them you. as a little kid. I was probably what, like six, and I'm like, he's such a nice guy. Messier? Yeah, I remember at the time. You're where, not um, from
1: Vancouver.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. Where, um, you know, I actually didn't know as a kid he was on. He was on the Canucks. I thought it was only the Oilers and Rangers it 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 took me a while in my hockey fandom to find out because it's just sort of a, a scorched earth part of his career. You know how I found out? This is a really random story. Okay. So, remember Zellers? Yeah.
1: Yes. For some reason they Zellers. never
2: they never updated their toys. Like I remember um like I was I was really little and uh the Zellers in Centerpoint Point. Um, yes, oh my I, in their in their um in their clearance aisle, they had a Marc Messier action figure. And I'm like, oh, his jersey's wrong. Why is it on the Canucks?
0: Well, there's your answer to why their the stuff was outdated because it was in the clearance section.
2: Yeah, but I was wondering, like, what? Like, I'm like, but like, that was like five years ago at the time. <laughs> right. And right. it was still there. And then I was like, what? This is I'm like, this is probably why it's on sale. I don't know if, Like Listen, my my kidman am like, this is probably why it's on sale. It's like a factory defect.
0: There are still sport checks out there that have Clearly outdated jersey, so <laughs> don't worry.
2: I've seen the jo- the odd Joffrey Lupul. I think at Hillcrest Mall, yeah, in Sportcheck, uh, they still brutal. have the Joffrey Lupul jersey in the sales section. Brutal.
1: So we've only been recording for about forty minutes. Yeah, um, I and we're done. I
2: we have we have
1: nothing else to talk about. We should,
2: should take Unless... some calls from. So we should take some calls cool. and questions
1: question then ring 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 Oh yeah, ring sorry. ring you gotta pick up the phone daniel ring ring
2: there's a banana phone yeah. ring ring yeah I'm hi sorry. is this the 201
1: two podcast
0: yeah
1: hi this is adam um, longtime listener first time caller <laughs> um from montreal Quebec go let's go yeah. um what do you guys think is the key for the islanders in game seven considering We always look at how good they are at home, but you got to win a road game to make it to the cup final.
2: Thanks. I really kind of feel that once we get towards the end of the third period, they just got to try to make sure they have more goals than Tampa. I think that would be the key to it. I don't know.
0: That was the most hockey answer.
2: (laughs) He didn't say pucks in deep. I know, but he was
0: close enough that, that it was the, the hockey answer of the century. Um I guess I guess to answer that it's a cheesy answer but they they have to play their game they have to play their game and keep Tampa on the outside like what New York does well from reading and watching them is they can they'll they're fine with allowing outside shots yeah not and and if you do that Varlamov or Sorokin, whoever is in net, like doesn't matter. Are both extremely capable goalies, and as and if they could do that, it just makes their job so much easier. And don't go on the power play. That's one thing. Like, do not let Tampa go on the power play. Sorry. Um, That we we all. I always think about Mike Babcock saying the Leafs' uh, toughness was their power play. I I truly think in Tampa's case, it is. Like it is part of their toughness because for the most part, they can score on the power play. Like that's not an issue for them.
1: They did do a good job of of killing off Tampa's penalty in game six. Daniel.
2: Yeah. What I kind of feel is, and I've said it before where it is kind of like the way the Islanders are built and with Tampa is built. It's just the Islanders in terms of their defense. It's so good that it's like they're fighting off hordes in terms of offense (laughs) And you, you really have to make sure you always get those outside shots in because a lot of times when they get those forwards in there too deep, it, it causes a goal because they have the skill to get through to it. Like all those braided point goals have been those skilled shots. Um, when Nikita Kucherov was healthy, he was able to get into that area. And that's the thing. Like when they had the open ice, I remember the Kucherov pass to Andre Palat. That was oh. another thing.
1: Wait, what do you mean? Kucherov was, was healthy? I thought he just randomly came back from his surgery, perfect timing, and maybe he was still a little... Ho- You're saying he was healthy? Um, really? <laughs> wow, that's what... Perfect thingy for Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Wow, good for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for game seven and it just yeah. lights out.
2: I have a feeling that we're going to see... Like, something's going to happen and we're going to see Varlov and Sorokin again in one game. Like, I, I always feel like that's been the, the theme. Are you predicting so- a blowout? No, it's like... I don't know either a blowout or like someone thinks they're like someone might think they're hurt, but then they come back into the game.
1: Remember when Jeff Ward pulled, um, I forget, was it Riddich or Uh, who was in that? Anyway, he pulled one of the the Calgary goaltenders against the stars in the playoffs, just because he's like, I was going to put them back in a few shifts later. Like it was junior.
0: I think that would have been Talbot. Yeah. Talbot. uh, And yeah, David Riddick.
1: Hi! What a weird coach! What a really, really weird coach! Okay. Now, I have
0: a question. Sure. What does Montreal? Ha- I we probably talked about, but what does Montreal have to do to win tonight? <sighs>
1: well, the easy answer is score two goals because they haven't lost when they've scored twice. Is so weird, by the way. Um, I think it's pretty important that I think it's going to be an early weathering storm from the Golden Knights. You just have to continue to frustrate them because when they were losing their game, the game was getting so loose and it benefits Montreal. When they're able to slice through the neutral zone the way they do, you never want to – listen, you know that a lot of people would first off say it's okay if the Habs go shorthanded because their penalty kill is at 90-plus percent and they've killed off 28 straight, which is a record apparently in in the league. Joe Thornton, last guy to get a power play go versus the Habs. of the boy, Hall of Famer. Um, but eventually that bubble's going to burst. Um, so, again, there's a lot of good players on Vegas, and you, you can't slip up. You can't get past your game. You know Price is going to do his job. Everyone else has to continue to do theirs, and I'm, I really hope Caulfield gets one pass for Robin Leonard so we can go back to that sort of meme. By the way, Cole, three goals in this series, by the way, all of them – are his goals in the playoffs too. So that's pretty sweet. You know, stuff like that. Honestly, it's whoever plays their I forgot who said this. It may have been Bob Ganey. I could be wrong. Um, whoever plays their game, the best wins the Stanley, you know, can do the thing. I don't want to say it, um, but we've seen that. And if Montreal can do their thing here on, by the way, happy Jean-Baptiste day, guys. Yeah. Um, this city is going to be rocking. So ninety-three. Ninety three. One, one more game. One more game. And the Blue Jays won. Yeah. As Score well. first. Yeah. Score first, by the way, big thing for Montreal. you know they're pretty yeah, good doing that. Goal support was, for price.
0: Was it ninety three Daniel the one with the famous um home run call? Yeah,
2: Joe Carter with the walk off home run. Right. Right. And then we never thought the Blue Jays.
0: Don't you find that interesting that, that it's the second one that everyone, like, that's the one that they remember?
2: Yeah, which is weird because, like, 92 was their first first right. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. just popped in my ear. Busy times when Canadian teams won.
1: It's just like a long time ago. All right. Okay,
2: we still have the Argos. I, I went for Vancouver 2011, but I did not go for Edmonton in 2006.
1: No one no goes, one for, goes Edmonton. for
2: Edmonton. Right. Also, they beat the last mighty ducks team in the conference finals. I've said that how many times on this, but I have to just reiterate it. And that was also the summer where I'm like, I never like Chris Pronger. And then he gets straight to the Ducks. I'm like, all right, they're gonna like go for Chris it. I like Chris Pronger. It's like any team that Corey Perry goes to. Yeah. Pretty much. Exactly. I was right? a stars fan for a bit. Right. <laughs>
1: Okay, on that note, um, by the way, another call we forgot. How did they not call that check on Stamkos that cut him up, by the way? That was really dumb. Okay. Well, guys, uh, that's it. Voice said, thank you. It was always a great platform for the show. Check out the YouTube to see us. We're pretty sick. Um, you can always as well go and check out all the social media, especially the TikTok. The TikTok is good. We like the TikTok. That last TikTok did really well, didn't it? The one talking about the officiating? Yeah. Yes. Lovely stuff.
0: Love lovely the comments. Lovely, lovely stuff.
1: I haven't read them. Again, I don't it's have TikTok. Right. So what, what, are the, what are some of the comments like?
2: Some of them support us, and then some of them are like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then it's kind of things like, I don't know. It's just...
0: Let like me like find. We're sour there, was, fans. there was sour there. There was a good one that I actually replied to. Let's see if I can find why? it.
1: Why? And why would you reply?
0: No, because he says it, he uh oh, man, I was so good. You
1: know, technically we don't know what we're talking about because no one knows what officiating. No one knows the rules in this game anymore. There aren't none. So, yeah, salty. Yeah, my team's winning the series. Whatever. Okay.
0: So, oh, someone goes. They aren't even Habs fans, and I go, I go, I come, I go. Whispers, yes, he is. <laughs> let me just,
1: let me just, like, pull up. Can I just get?
0: Oh, Patrick also, we are not. Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: No, just trying to get the goalie mask tattoo of Patrick Wall. Oh, like did up. you get it? Oh, I, no, it's it's there. It's, oh, we all know enough. it's there. Yeah.
0: If go look at an earlier episode, look at the yeah, background. Sure
2: that'll
0: uh, be the thumbnail picture.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, check out Alex's blog, Daniel stuff for the eye opener and the hockey riders. Um, be sure to Freaking um, what else? Um, LFR. I don't even remember. Oh yeah. No, it's not LFR.
0: Did you say LFR? How <laughs> dare you! <laughs>
1: Thank How you. dare you say such a Sorry. thing? Um, hold on. For some reason, all my things have disconnected. Okay. Before I go, I'm just going to quickly go over. I'm going to open. Hold on. Hold oh, no, no. Just Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We're just going to quickly go on a field trip. Okay. What's yeah, the that theme song?
2: I could hear it,
0: yeah. I could hear it now, yeah.
1: I would oh my freaking god. I don't know really? if you can kinda I don't know if you can kinda see it.
0: Wow.
1: But there are an insane amount of people. All right, we're that, ending what
0: I was gonna say, is that Montreal or Woodbridge?
1: Ah, uh, freaking, you know, hockey. Okay, on that note, we're gone. We'll see you next time.